Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Good morning, everybody. So glad to be back with you again for virtual church. Um, Thanks for letting us come into your home and uh, spend some time with you in the presence of the Lord and in the Word of God together. I'm Pastor Josh Thurman, and uh, it's just a delight to be standing here again with you. I want to say a big thank you to everybody that has worked so, so, so hard over the last eight weeks to bring you virtual church. It's been uh, a wonderful experience. It's been a time of learning for us and growing for us as a church, and the team has just done an absolutely phenomenal job. So thank you to each and every one of you. You know who you are uh, if you've had a part to play in making virtual church a reality. So, so glad that uh, that we've been able to do this. And we're excited to get into the Word again with you today. Um, I want to share a message with you that it's, it's my prayer that it is an encouragement to you and that it's also a challenge to you this week. Uh, the title of our message, as you've seen on the slides and on the uh, screens, is In God We Trust? With a question mark. In God we trust. Um, we've, we've borrowed the tagline and the imagery from our uh, financial system, from our currency. However, I'm not here to talk about finances or politics or anything like that. Rather, I want to ask a question which provides us with a challenge to grow. I believe that even when we're in quarantine, even when we're in, in uncomfortable spaces, we can still grow. Uh, matter of fact, some of the best growth happens during uncomfortable times. And so I want to ask us a, chal- a challenging question, and that is, if we're not trusting in God, who are we or what are we trusting in? So that's the reason for the title this morning, In God We Trust, with a question mark. Are we trusting in the Lord? Are we looking to God as our leader? Are we looking to the Lord to be the one that we follow and the one that we place all of our confidence and all of our trust in? Um, I want, you know, it's my desire as a pastor to keep us looking forward. Uh, We've been in an unusual season of time these last several months, not just us, but everybody around the country and everybody around the world has been in a very interesting reactionary season to what has been going on. And so um, it's my desire for us to never get stuck in the place that we're at. You know, as good or as bad as life is at any one given moment, it can always get better and we can always move forward. So my desire as a pastor is to keep all of us at High Country Christian Church looking forward and moving forward and moving into the things that God has in store for us. We just wrapped up a series that it was so encouraging to my heart about possessing the promises of God. And it was all about moving forward into the things that God has for us. And as we move forward, I I want us to make sure that we keep our hearts calibrated, that we keep our hearts in the right place, and that we keep trusting and depending on God. So I'm gonna, I want to look at a very familiar passage of Scripture. It comes from the book of Mark, chapter 11. It's, uh, if you've attended our church before, this is not a new Scripture for you, but hopefully we'll be able to take some new things out of it this morning. Mark chapter 11, and we're actually going to read verse 21 and verse 22. And I'm reading from the King James Bible this morning, or excuse me, the New King James Bible. Verse 21 says, And Peter, remembering, said to him, that is to Jesus, Rabbi, look, 
The fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. A little bit of backstory here on this particular passage. Jesus and his disciples are going in and coming out of the city of Jerusalem, traveling in between Jerusalem and another town called Bethany, which was about a day's journey. And so they're coming into Jerusalem and on their way in, they see a fig tree. Jesus goes to pick fruit from that fig tree. Alas, there's no fruit. And he says, nobody ever eats fruit from you ever again. He curses that fig tree. They go into Jerusalem, they spend the day in Jerusalem, and then on their way back out the next day, they pass on the same road by the same fig tree, and lo and behold, that same fig tree is now dried up from the roots. And Peter and the other disciples marvel, they're shocked. They say, Lord, look, this fig tree that you cursed is dead. Wow, this is amazing. How did you do that? And Jesus has a very simple answer. Matter of fact, he doesn't even address the disciples' surprise. He, he doesn't even address the fact that they didn't see it coming. He just says, have faith in God. He goes straight to the point and tells them the secret to his miraculous outcome. Now, if you've ever heard me preach on this passage before, you know that I spend most of my time in verse 23 and verse 24 where the Bible gives us a faith lesson. Jesus begins to teach us how to have faith in God in verse 23 and 24. But today, I want us to focus on the words of verse 22. He says, have faith in God. Now, it's really simple. Faith simply means trust. Okay, each one of us in our lives have a great deal of faith, whether we realize it or not. Each one of us operate and exercise faith in our lives all the time, every single day. Matter of fact, if you're sitting in your living room right now, you're operating by faith, whether you realize it or not. You have faith that the couch that you're sitting on is going to support you and you're not going to fall on the floor. You have faith that when you pushed the remote to turn your TV on, that the TV would actually come on. See, you're, you're operating and exercising faith all the time. And so am I. We do it every single day. The question is, what is the object of our faith? What are we placing our faith in? Am I placing my faith in man's ideas? Am I placing my faith in man's system? Am I doing things to gain men's approval? the approval of the world around me? Do, do I have more confidence in society than I do in God? Do I have more confidence in scientific research than I do in what the Bible says? Do I have more confidence in what the world would present to me rather than have faith and confidence in the word of God? These are very, very important questions. And as we move forward, because remember we're moving forward as a church, as we move forward, it becomes of paramount importance that we maintain our faith in God, in the person of Jesus, in the reality of who God says that he is in his word. We cannot afford to place our faith in anything except for God. Amen? Touch your neighbor, say amen. Tell him he's talking to you this morning. Praise God, I feel the anointing. Listen, it's important for us to have faith in God. It's easy for us to focus on the mechanics of our faith in verse 23 and in verse 24 and uh, look at our responsibilities and to how we're to walk by faith. However, we need to remember that we don't get to verse 23. We don't get to learn how to have faith in God uh, without going through verse 22. 
Jesus says, again, have faith in God. Now, I want to challenge us a little bit today to think of faith a little bit differently this morning. And I want us to think of our faith as an investment. God gives us the seed of faith when we're born again. We're not going to go there for time, but the book of Romans in, the, in, in Romans chapter 12, right about verse 3, says that each one of us, when we got saved, we're given the measure of faith. We were given faith, deposited into our heart as a seed when we first said yes to Jesus. God gave you all the faith you're ever going to need. As a matter of fact, it's already in you. It's already operating on the inside of your heart. And that's encouraging. That's a reason for us to be glad, to rejoice, that every, every ounce of faith that I'm ever going to have, every ounce of faith I'm ever going to need has already been put on the inside of me from the second that I gave my life to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's encouraging. But here's the deal. What we do with our faith is totally up to us. Jesus gives us faith when we get saved, and then he expects us to do some things with it. So God gives us the seed of faith when we're born again, and then we get to invest our faith and our confidence and our trust back in him. It's a very interesting thing. God puts faith in us, and then we get to turn around and put our faith that he gave us back into him. We get to invest in him and in his kingdom. I want to challenge us again to think a little bit differently about faith this morning. Are you investing your faith in God or are you investing your faith in something else? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It says, faith is the currency of the heart. Faith is the currency of the heart. The Bible says that we obtain things by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2 tells us that we obtain by faith. So faith is the currency of the heart. It's the currency of God's kingdom. So I want to ask you this morning, what are you investing your faith in? Where are you planting that seed of faith? It's interesting, since we're borrowing the motto of the United States of America, in God we trust, since we're borrowing that as the title of this message, I, I did a short amount of research and found out the history of the phrase and how it came to be printed on our currency. You can see in the graphic, uh, I don't know if you can tell or not, but that's zoom up uh, close to uh, Benjamin Franklin's nostril there. We had a good laugh about that with the crew this morning. But um, we borrowed this from our national currency. I think it's a pretty cool statement. And it's a really interesting story how it came to be on our money. In November of 1861, a letter was written from a Pennsylvania pastor to the Secretary of the Treasury, Treasury whose name was Mr. Salmon P. Chase, requesting that our nation's currency bear some statement declaring our faith in God. Prior to 1861, there were other things that were printed on the currency, and this Pennsylvania pastor said, we need to do better than that as a country. And so he sent this letter to Mr. Chase of the, National, the Secretary of Treasury, and the Reverend's chief concern, I found this interesting, the Reverend's chief concern was that without a declaration of our dependence on God, in future centuries, people would look back upon the United States and presume that we were, in his words, a heathen nation. He was very concerned that our money itself declare our dependence on God. And so the Secretary Chase responded almost immediately with a, with a letter to James Pollock, who was the director of the Mint in Philadelphia, where all the coins were printed. At this time, there wasn't paper money yet. It was just all done on coins. And he says in his letter, listen to this. Dear Sir, 
No nation can be strong except in the strength of God or safe except in his defense. The trust of our people in God should be declared on our national coins. Isn't it amazing? Think about this. Isn't it amazing that even our currency, which is where we borrowed this phrase for for the title of our sermon, isn't it amazing that even on our currency, we're reminded not to put our trust in the piece of money that we hold in our hand, but rather put our trust in the God who gave us the ability and the freedom to live. Even our money is reminding us, don't put trust in money, put trust in God. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I want to ask you the question this morning, and I hope it reverberates on the inside of you. Where are you putting your trust? Are you putting trust in your job? Are you putting trust only in your community? Are you putting trust in your spouse? Are you putting trust in the government, in society, putting trust in your children? You see, what we do all the time, guys, and we don't mean to do this, it's not intentional, but what we do is we put trust in things other than God, and that creates problems in our lives because when we do that, we begin to place unrealistic expectations on the things that we have placed trust in. If I expect my job to be the answer to everything in my life, I'm going to get disappointed. If I put my trust in the monetary system of the United States of America and I trust the almighty dollar to be the answer for everything in my needs, guess what? I'm going to get disappointed. I'm going I'm to get frustrated somewhere along the line because my expectations are not going to be met by the thing I've put my trust in. But I've got good news for you. If you and I will learn to only chiefly put our trust and our faith and our dependence in God Almighty, he will never let us down. You see, I can't trust my wife to meet all my needs. I can't trust my children to meet all my needs. I can't even trust my community to meet all my needs. Now, before you get mad at me and throw stones at your television, I understand we're called into community. God created community for us to live in, but we're not to look to the community. We're to look to him. Amen. We're to look to God to be the answer and the, and the, the, the one that we place our trust in. Sometimes we talk about faith as if it existed in a vacuum. We need to check our hearts and ask ourselves, What is the object of my faith? You know, sometimes we talk about faith like, hey, brother, how's your faith? How's your faith doing? Have you got faith today? Yeah, brother, I got faith. Well, faith in what? Faith in your own ability? That's not going to be a good one. Faith in the ability of somebody else? No, we don't want that. We want to keep putting our trust and our dependence on none other than God. Look at this verse in Psalm chapter 20, and it's verse 7. I'm going to read it in three different translations. Firstly, the NIV, the New International Version, says some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. 
you know, people in your life are going to come in and go out of your life. There's people that have come and gone, and they might put their trust in one thing over here. Somebody else might be putting their trust in something else over here. There may be a thousand different things you could be putting your trust in. As the psalmist said, some trust in chariots, some people trust in horses, but we, as the people of God, we make a decision. We draw a line in the sand, and we say, you know what? I'm not going to trust in chariots. I'm not going to trust in horses. I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. My God. I want to read it to you from the NLT. It says, Some nations boast of their chariots and their horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. What are you boasting in today? Are you boasting in your own accomplishments? I'm not here to make you feel guilty, but I want to challenge you. I want you to look forward. I want you to keep moving forward. Are you putting confidence in your own abilities? Or are you putting trust in the name of the Lord? Check this out from the Passion Translation. I joke with my wife all the time that the Passion Translation is the female translation because all the ladies in our church really, really love the Passion Translation. Check this out. It says, Some find their strength in their weapons and in their wisdom. But my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. I'm starting to see why they like it so much. This is really good. My miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord our God who makes us strong and gives us victory. Guys, we're never going to find victory in and of ourselves. We're never going to find victory in the, in the society around us. We're never going to find victory in what the world has to offer. We will, however, always find victory in the name of the Lord. Jesus asks Peter, he's asking us today, Will you put your trust in God? Peter, have faith in God. Jesus, how did you curse the fig tree? How did you make that fig tree drive up, dry up? It's simple, Pete. Have faith in God. We need to be careful that we don't confuse who our source is. I think it's one of the big things I want to try to drive home in our hearts today, that we need to be careful we don't confuse who our source is. There's a difference between trusting in God and between trusting in the method that God uses to care for us. Take just a moment and let that sink in. There's a difference between trusting in God and between trusting in the method that he uses to care for us. God, God used chariots. He used horses to deliver his people from, from Egypt, to deliver his people from all kinds of battles. You know, Israel had, they fought in many battles, fought many wars, and every single time God delivered him, he, he did it through natural means. And David is, in, in that scripture we just read, David's making a big distinction for us that we don't get confused and put our trust in the tool God uses instead of putting our trust in him. Does that make sense to you this morning? That's a powerful thought. God uses the chariot and the horse as tools to deliver us, but our trust can never be in those things. God uses your job. He uses your community. He uses your relationships. He uses all the things around you as tools in his hand to help to support and strengthen your life. But you have to remember to keep him in his proper place. He is the source. My job is not my source. Your job is not your source. It's merely the tool that God uses to bring about redemption in our lives, to bring about his protection, his, uh, his mercy, his joy, his life. Uh, all these things are tools in the hands of God. But we need to not get confused and put the cart before the horse. 
When a new homeowner walks into their brand new house, they thank the builder, not the builder's tools. I can imagine walking into a brand new house and say, hey, this is your new house, and you walk right past the builder to his pile of tools over in the corner and start thanking the tools. Thank you, drill. Thank you, hammer. Thank you, nails. You guys built a wonderful house. No, that's ridiculous, right? We don't, we don't attach ourselves to the tools God uses. We attach ourselves to him, just like a new homeowner gives a handshake and a hug to the builder, not to the builder's hammer. God has very specific means of taking care of you and taking care of me. And his only desire, the thing that he asks, is that we place our trust and our confidence in him. Jeremiah chapter 17 illustrates this so perfectly. I want to read three verses, five, six, uh, four verses, five, six, seven, and eight. I probably should turn there. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 17 Verse 5 says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Boy, that's strong. That's a strong statement. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Or you could say, cursed is the one who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength. It's never a good idea to make your strength your flesh. It's never a good idea to rely on your flesh to be the strongest voice in your life because I promise you, if you trust in men, men will let you down. And I, when I say men, I mean mankind. If you trust in people, some point along the line, somebody is gonna let you down. But Jesus will never let you down. Let's keep reading. Cursed is the man who trusts in men and makes his flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Sounds pretty rough. This is what happens when we place our confidence in ourselves and in the things around us. Verse 7 turns a corner, though. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Praise God. You trust in God, I promise you, my friend, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed abundantly. Verse 8, For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, when its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. I want you to remember, just in case you forgot, we are in a time where the heat has come. We are in a moment in history where uh, we would call this a year of drought. This is a challenging season of life for everybody. But I want to show you what this promise says, that you and I don't get afraid when the year of drought comes. We don't get afraid when the heat gets cranked up. Why? Because our faith, our confidence, our hope is steadfast in the character of God. You're not like, a, you're not like one of these parched shrubs, man. You're a tree that's been planted by a river of living water. Your roots go down deep into the person of God. Your roots go down deep into the promises of God, into the word of God, and you are constantly drawing up nourishment out of who God says he is in his word. And I'm gonna tell you, that will feed you even in the most severe drought, even in the most tough, toughest situation you could find yourself in. Guys, we've got to remember to put our trust in God rather than in the world around us. 
That's why I asked the question, in God we trust? Let's remind ourselves, let's make sure we're trusting in the Lord. Now, as we uh, get ready to kind of wind things down here in the message, I want to give you a practical thing that you can take away. Okay, what's the practical takeaway? How do we ensure that we keep our faith in God rather than in other things? What, what can I do to make sure that my faith is always going to be in the right place, trusting in the Lord rather than in other things? I believe that that answer is found in what we value and in what we focus on. If you're taking notes, you should write those two things down. I believe the answer is found in what we value, number one, and number two, what we focus on. Let's look at Matthew chapter six. And this is such a wonderful passage of scripture. I, I know through the years I've spent so much time personally meditating on this passage. It's amazing. Matthew chapter six, and let's read verse 21. This is probably a familiar scripture to many of you. Jesus is speaking, the words are in red, and he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's very important for us that we remember that our hearts have been hardwired by God to follow after the things that we place value on. Remember, I said, if you want to keep your faith in the right place, if you want to ensure that your faith is always in God where it should be, then you need to check what are the things I value and what are the things that I'm focusing on. And Jesus spells out very clear for us here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, that our hearts are wired by God. We were created. This is an automatic response in the human heart that we follow after the things that we place value on and the things that we focus on. I'll read it for you one more time. He says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Whatever you treasure, whatever you value, Whatever thing is important to you in life is what your heart will yearn for. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever noticed that you're the most confident in the things that you've spent the most time researching and focusing on? Think about that for a second. If you've ever encountered a challenge in your life and you've been like me and you said, I want to figure out how to beat this challenge, so I go online and I start researching the challenge. Uh, have other people gone through this challenge? How did they get out of it? What did they do? And you start to do your research and you start to look around and you find that after a little while, the thing that you've spent time investing yourself into is the area that now you are most confident in. When people struggle to trust in God, it becomes an obvious sign to us that we've been investing focus in something else. You see, you'll never have a hard time having faith in whatever you're the most invested in. This is the principle that Jesus puts here in front of us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. What are we focusing on? What are we investing in? I know that like you, uh, or excuse me, I know that like me, you probably want to make sure your faith is in God the way that it should be, the way that Jesus has instructed us to live. We want to be obedient to his word, right? We want to do the thing he's asked us to do. We want to have faith in God rather than in other things. So how do we do that? How do I ensure that my faith is always in the right spot? It comes down to being a matter of focus and a matter of value. Do we value the things of God more than we value the things of this world? It's not meant to discourage us, but rather to help refocus 
on the things that are important. If you're struggling to trust in God, I have great news for you. This is one of the easiest things to fix in your life. If you've, if you've been like me in the past and you've said, gosh, you know, I wish I could trust the Lord, but I just can't seem, to, I can't seem to work up enough faith to trust in God. I struggle to believe God when the going gets tough. It's a super easy thing to fix. Super easy. All you have to do is shift your focus. Shift your value just a little bit. Turn and begin to invest more time in the word than you're investing in all the other things. Because remember what I said. The thing that you are most confident in is the thing that you've been spending the most time investing into. You know, you could ask my wife that over the years of our marriage, uh, from the time we got married to, to, till now, I've had different things throughout the years that I've focused on for different seasons of time. Uh, for a little while, I got really into cycling. And uh, this is going back, gosh, eight or nine years now. I got really pumped. My friends were into cycling, and we, uh, you know, we used to put on the spandex bibs and look like Lance Armstrong and ride all over the mountains of Boone, North Carolina. And I got really into cycling for a while. I focused on it. It became, it became something that I thought about on a regular basis. I, I had different websites that I would look at. I was shopping for gear that I didn't even know existed six months prior. I'm looking at stuff, I'm investing in it. And you know what? My heart followed right along the way Jesus said that it would. The thing that I had invested myself in pulled my heart right along with it. I wanna challenge you this morning. What is your sense of value for God? Do you value his word more than you value the gossip of your neighbor? Do you value his word more than you value what the talking heads say on the news? Do you value his word first and foremost in your life? Because if you do, faith will be the easiest thing you've ever done. Having trust in God is so simple when I spend time with him. Having trust in the Lord is the easiest, most natural byproduct of my relationship with him. When I am invested in him, when I am spending time with him, when I am in his word, just like we talked about a couple weeks ago in our series on possessing the promise, when I meditate in the word of God, renewing my mind to what the Bible says, when I spend time with him in his presence, in prayer, in worship, faith becomes the easiest thing that I've ever done. It's amazing how our hearts follow hard after the one that we place all our value in. I want to encourage you to shift your focus in this season as we move forward. We're getting ready to come out of this dark day that we've been in. This day can't last forever. We're getting ready to move beyond it. As we do, I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. Shift your focus Focus on the Lord. As you do that, your values will shift. Your values will change. And then your life will follow. And things will get really awesome. Let's trust in God. And let's trust in him alone. Let's do what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11. Have faith in God. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I want to thank you this morning for the opportunity once again to look into your word to be receptive, grateful hearers of your word. And Father, I pray that this word would find its way into our hearts, that it would bury itself so deep in who we are, that Lord, it would begin to produce 
some 30, some 60, some hundredfold returns in our life as your word promises. Lord, we trust that your word will work on the inside, causing us to prosper, causing us to be at peace, causing us to be safe and protected, causing us to be healed, causing us to live with joy and with hopeful expectation for a bright future. Father, we thank you that your word gives us all of these things. And Lord, today we ask that this word would find itself buried deep in our hearts, that it would begin to produce in us and cause us to become the overcoming, victorious people that you have created us to be. We trust in you and in you alone today, Lord. We place all of our confidence in you. And Lord, I just speak a blessing and great grace upon the people who are watching this broadcast today. Be blessed in everything that you set your hand to. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for these things, Lord, and it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Guys, thank you once again for letting us come into your living room, into your car, into your office, wherever you're watching this. Thank you for letting us come and share the word with you. We hope this has been a great encouragement. If it has, I want to ask you to share it with your neighbor, share it with a friend who needs to know the goodness of God. Thank you for letting us be with you again today. And this is Pastor Josh reminding you always that Jesus loves you and we love you and your life counts. God bless you. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.